Welcome, 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 one and all, to another delightful episode of River Do's and River Don'ts, the podcast where we take an episode of Riverdale, we recap what happened, we tell you our River Do, our favorite thing about the episode, our River Don't, the worst thing about the episode, and our weekly weird, that little dash, that little brandy in our water that gets us going. Coming back every week to Riverdale... Uh, an example of weekly weird, for example, might be somebody who decides to put brandy in water for extra <laughs> flavor. My name's Quinn. I'm Rob. <laughs> I just had to. I had to come up with something. I wanted to not just say that little extra something something. And then I said brandy in your water. And I'm like, I got to follow my feet. I've been trained to do this. I'm just going to follow it through. I wasn't ready. <sighs> I'm Arlie. <laughs> Today, Crying. we are discussing the ninth episode of season three, chapter 44, No Exit, no which exit. was directed... It was. What is happening? Sorry, uh, <laughs> my thing slipped, and then I had, I was checking if the person who comes first is the director or the writer. Director first. Yeah. It was directed by Jeff Hunt and written by Arabella Anderson. Rob, if you would help me out here, and let's get into summarizing this... This delightful episode of, of episode. TV. Uh, we're getting the cart before the horse a little bit, but boy, this one sucks. Uh, let's let's talk I about tell why you, and how. They chunked it. They chunked it. It's true. In it's a, a very chunky. real way, but we'll we'll get into the details of exactly how, when, why, etc. We're gonna do the reporter questions about this chunking of it on the other side of this music break. See you there. So the episode begins with a Jughead narration. What hero's journey would be complete without a self-imposed exile, he asks. And I'm just going to have to stop right there with the first line in the show. <laughs> uh, so I don't know how much we can navigate this hero's journey stuff with Quinn in the call uh, without getting into some things. But Look, like, I'll just I'll just say I'm not a big fan of Campbell. I think that he made some like Anglo-centric, uh, Eurocentric assumptions it's a fine thing if you want to use it to create stories like we're familiar with. It's not a good anthropological tool. Right. I see the floor. Tried to do an anthropology, uh, did a very bad job, and accidentally did a uh, screenwriting guide. Yeah. But anyway, even within the confines of The Hero with a Thousand Faces, a self-imposed exile? Mm, not part of it. Not a thing that's in there. Sorry, Jughead. <laughs> Gonna have to try that one again. In fact, the example he's about to pull out of his ass is from the movie after Lucas meticulously recreated the hero's journey. Not to mention, not an example of a self-imposed exile. Nope, it is certainly he not. He says it's, he talks about Luke Skywalker going to Dagobah and talking to Famously, Yoda. where he met no one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, not self-imposed. Sent there on his little spirit journey uh, by the spirit of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, not an exile, like a training montage, actually. A, uh, a training that, arc. A little freak rides around sense. on his back. Okay, yeah, that's that right. is that. 
Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know fucking anything about Star Wars. I didn't. I wasn't entirely sure what was being referenced. So. My envy for you is <laughs> so powerful. I've seen almost all of them too. I just retained nothing. Anyways, mm. that's not what this is about. What, a, what an excellent talent you have. But anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so Jughead first incorrectly claims that a self-imposed exile is part of the hero's journey, then incorrectly claims that Luke Skywalker going to Dagobah was either a self-imposed exile or part of the hero's journey. So we're really off to a good start with this episode. Jughead leaps in to muddy the waters. Yes, Luke Skywalker going to a swamp planet to learn about the Force is, we are told, the same as Archie being in a cabin in Canada with his dog. (laughs) Folks, we're 25 seconds into the episode. Um... Crime is on the rise in Riverdale, particularly because Cheryl and Tony have embarked on a series of cat burglaries robbing rich people, and they have sex on top of a literal pile of stolen money. Good for them. That was, yeah. Actually, good good for them. Proud of them. Sure. That's just a scene that happens. That's a theme in this episode is the scenes just happen. They don't have a through line or like they're often not related to each other in any way. So the summary is going to seem really disjointed because it is. Yes. Right, so the scenes happen, and earlier they were just, like, cutting scenes. We talked about this, how they were just cutting oh, yeah. scenes. They, they were just, like, uh, they're just uh, coming we up go? with smoke, with, like, really weak smoke bombs for all Really the weak smoke bombs, right. I recently watched the, the movie Triple X for the first time, and I think that they could learn something from the screenwriters of Triple X, and that mm-hmm. is when they don't know how to end a scene, they should simply knock out the main character <laughs> in that scene. Hmm, <laughs> good, yeah. I like Render them unconscious. <laughs> You're I right, hate all the characters in this that. show, so I'm really on board, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, at school, the Razzi are enforcing a no physical contact policy. So the school has a no physical contact policy, and they've just got some, like, Hitler youth who are, like, in charge of enforcing it, I guess. Yeah, Moose and Kevin are cops now. But they're also still fucking probably, so who who knows on that one. So the Bon Wee, though, still still hopping, still hopping and a popping. Uh, Bughead awake to night terrors being had by one of the various Sister of Quiet Mercy refugees that somehow Alice Cooper has allowed to live in her house. Uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about. In we're going to have a lot Alice to talk Cooper. about with these kids. They're addicted to G&G, and apparently, oh, pronunciation note, Quinn, is it Fizzle Rocks or Fizzle Rocks? Which one is it? Fizzle Rocks. Okay, well, they're addicted to G&G, and apparently at least one of them is also addicted to Fizzle Rocks. Because there are some stashed in the rule book. In the very rule book, they literally just asked Betty to get out and play a round of G&G with them, not to bright these kids. I want to earmark that, by the way. The the concept of a round of G&G. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Because that keeps happening. Uh, sure does. Yeah. Uh, so they blame an unnamed serpent for dealing them the old Bulio Lapis. <laughs> and uh, Bughead speculated well, after- about what the... After the serpent swore to never, ever, ever stoop so low as to become a drug gang. Yep, correct. Um, yeah. Bughead speculated about what the fuck Hiram could want with this quarantine and the testing of drugs on Sisters of Quiet Mercy prisoners. And yeah, you and me both, Bughead. Jesus Christ, what is happening in this show? I love 
how Betty says, like, Betty sets up that Hiram has been doing all of this unethical experimentation on children at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Then she says, I don't see how he could possibly get away with that. And I'm like, as opposed to all of the other crimes he's done completely out in the open, mm-hmm. Hiram is the least subtle crime man I've ever seen. And it works for him. It fucking, it's great like, for Hiram. The the show just, yeah, it just, everything he does works, even though none of it should. Later, we get Betty and Attorney McCoy. Never getting over that, by the way. (laughs) They are close to getting the nuns to testify against Hiram, apparently, which uh, twigged in my brain like, oh, the nuns are dead. They're fucking dead. They are dying this episode Mm -hmm. because like, (laughs) Hiram can't have consequences. That's preposterous. Archie communicates to someone on a radio, indecisive about whether he will be staying in the woods for a longer time or if he's getting ready to go back to Riverdale, maybe, or somewhere else. And my note at this point is like, are we supposed to know who this woman he is talking to on the radio is? Because I don't have any fucking idea. And they're just having this familiar conversation with each other. I mean, my instincts were just to be like, oh, she's a park ranger. It's been five weeks, so I guess Archie's been up here being a volunteer park ranger? Question mark? Their hiring practices are pretty great. Yeah, they'll take any old kid with a dog who rolls up. Yeah, you know. Reggie. Driving a comically old-fashioned truck hits some <laughs> I'm road glad spikes. that you noticed that. I said, like, why? Why is this stuff all so old? Why it is, is super, everything super ancient? Old. He's driving a truck. I know from that the legitimate like, 1930s. Yeah, yes, from like, like the actual prohibition period. And I know yeah. that they're trying to do that with La, like La Bonne Nuit, <laughs> but you don't but have it's, to just. It's, you don't have to do this. <laughs> Like, that is an antique. That car is probably super valuable to be in that, like, sort of condition. And for yeah, him if, to it's, be driving if it's it. running that good, you should just sell it and not have money problems anymore for the club. But <laughs> I really enjoyed the music that was playing uh, during his drive. I don't know it what was song so it twangy. was. It was so twangy. It was so twangy. And Reggie's like this cool dude. And he's just like bopping along to this country song. And I was like, fuck yeah, Reggie. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty good. It was delightful. (laughs) He hits some road spikes uh, out in the sticks and is jumped by the gargoyle gang who literally use voice modulators under their masks. It's fucking great. It's not great. Don't lie. No, No, I'm a liar. It's true. Uh, Back at the Von Wee, Veronica tends to Reggie and tells him of her plan to commit. uh, Well, okay. It's not fraud exactly, because Hiram is just doing a protection racket on his own daughter, but she plans on pretending to make about half the money she actually does, so that the extortion, I guess, feels fair. Uh, It's fucking weird. It's very strange. It's a murky, it's a murky detail. I don't really get what the point of it It, is, but that- It looks like she pressured Pops into doing the book cooking, which makes me feel pretty bad for Pops. (laughs) I don't know. He's he's a person who enjoys burning children to death when he gets a chance. <laughs> That's true. I fucking forgot about that. He's a horrible... So... What the Pops fuck? is a war criminal. Yeah, Pops is probably a war criminal. <laughs> Things I didn't He shouldn't be worried about say. cooking... It. Uh, he should not that's... be worried about cooking the books. He should be worried about getting tried in the Hague. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. I hope they All serve right. burgers in hell, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, yep. So Vegas and Archie are uh, out there checking some woodland trails for bears, I guess. I don't know what the point there is. I think anyway, he was just like they... on 
on a a walk, he was warned that there had been bears in the area. Okay, I I might buy that. And then he's like, "Uh uh-oh, bear tracks. Jump bear! (laughs) Yeah, bear tracks, bear scream, title card. Man, that did not sound like what I feel like a bear sounds like. I don't know if anyone else felt that way. But that bear yelled and I was like, "Mm." (laughs) Put a pin in this for two weeks folks a bear maiming our main character is the stabby hit that the title card comes from in this episode keep that in mind for next episode's title cards because it's really funny uh we'll, we'll get to that next time when we talk but archie radios in from the cabin well ventilated by a grizzly bear at this point uh, he does some backwards <laughs> first aid on himself and passes out and vegas is a good good boy uh, and lays down next to his bed and protects him because he's a good dog Alice complains about all the fucking kids in her house. I mean, you you let them in and wants them to stay at the farm, which, wow, what a good idea. Uh, and Betty says to her mother to explain why they need to stay with her. They've imprinted on me. I'm their griffin queen. So these kids are Betty's weird pets. I... <laughs> I recently underwent the task of watching the entire Twilight Saga. (laughs) And so to me, having just watched all of those movies, imprinting means something a little different for me. (laughs) Wanting to fuck a baby. Yeah. Basically. (sighs) God, what horrible movies. Yeah. They They were not great. I forgot that one of them was a Confederate soldier. I just, it makes me so, so sad. And nobody questions it. Nope. Anyways, they're such nice people. Anyway, Attorney McCoy informs Betty that the nuns have taken a apparently legally binding vow of silence so they can't testify. But yes, apparently this is a legally binding vow of silence. They can no longer testify. That's awfully convenient. So then we we get back to the bond. Wait, man, this is just ping pong all over the place. Like there's no through line at all in this episode. Hiram and Veronica negotiate their protection deal, both pretending to be good at it and both being very bad at it. Yeah, my note on this seems that Hiram is just such a fucking bad crime boss. Just the the worst. Josie, quote, sings in the background, but the audio mix is at the background music setting, despite the fact that she's just standing right there singing into a microphone at full force. I fucking love it. It's disorienting. And then, like, Hiram calls attention to it. I'm like, oh, I guess she has been there. Like... Yeah, Hiram literally compliments Josie's singing, and they fade her audio back up to <laughs> to what it would actually be at the end of the scene. I wasn't, like, paying close attention. I thought it was a track of her playing in the context of what was happening. Right, because that's mentioned exactly it, and I was what like, it sounded wait, like. she's there? No, what? Yeah, she's, she's there? <laughs> she's bumping and swaying and shit. Oh my god. It just, it just yeah, it from a production so standpoint, this weird. is just absolutely bizarre. Jughead then bans the serpents from selling or doing drugs in oh. doing any crime of any kind. So <laughs> they're just not went, a gang anymore. I went apeshit. You tell your gang no crimes for the gang. Yeah. <laughs> I, they're I not was, even a gang anymore. How are and you like, still a gang? <laughs> yeah. Uh, not received particularly well. Fair yeah, to say. Well, everyone's like, <laughs> Jughead what do you mean? said no fun allowed. <laughs> Well, we yeah, were yeah, Jughead did in fact decree that fun was now illegal, uh, and you have to listen to him because he wears a crown. But you see him without the stupid beanie. It's a bad choice. Um, <laughs> Josie is then besieged by gargoyles, and we smash cut to her telling Veronica about it. The scare had its intended effect. Josie says if this shit keeps up, she'll have to quit singing at the club. Oh, is that what she said? 
uh, <laughs> roughly. Remember that. <sighs> Betty comes home to discover Polly and is her name Evelyn? Yes. Uh, creepy cult kid. Cool. Pitching the farm to all the kids. Apparently the kids told the farm reps that Fangs Fogarty was their fizzle rocks dealer. <laughs> uh, Fangs explains to FP and Jughead that he's dealing drugs to pay medical beers. Medical beers. <laughs> <laughs> I need a couple medical beers. <laughs> to pay medical bills for his mama Uh, and he's getting supplied by the gargoyles who allow him to deal their drugs for no reason Uh Uh, rival gang like yes we would like to enter into a business arrangement with our enemy for no reason it's it's very good and cool and we're good at crime it it is painful to me that fangs is like no i have to do it because my mom is sick it's like i get it like of course your fucking mom is sick fangs shut the fuck up Like that was just the worst, most most lazy. contrived, lazy, lazy shit. choice for them to make. Jughead gives him a pass out of sympathy. Basically, he's like, "You better not do it again. You he's better had not." A harder year than most. Yes, he has had a harder year than most. Like they're talking about Fangs as though he were a farm. <laughs> um, but anyway, Cheryl and Tony hit another house which has a Glamourge egg, but no security system. I liked that. Also, they just talk at normal volume while doing the crime. Oh, uh, which sure is also do. very cool and good. And I just want to say right now, I want to make sure that we're all on the same page. And you wouldn't download a Glamourge egg, would you? <sighs> Maybe not. Maybe not. I can't think of a use for one. But And we'll talk about people not having a use for an expensive object later in the episode. But anyway, uh, they also see a portrait of Hiram Lodge. So, yep, it's the Lodge's place with no security system and nobody around. Having come off of the books, I find myself incredibly incensed at the <laughs> implication. Because of the fucking security system at their yeah, lake the, house Yeah, the infinite amount of bullshit that happened with that. With, yeah. like, yeah. it automatically goes off if the power goes out or something. Yeah. Just, yeah. just insane, paranoid crap that doesn't even make any sense, but they just don't have any security in their own home. In the place where they live every day. <laughs> yep. Archie awakes to a fever dream of all the dead Shadow Lake boys wanting to play G&G with him. Very normal. Demanding he play just one round. Famously, how role-playing games work. And he's like, you're dead. And they're like, no, we're not. We're here. And he's like, but I, he's like, I oh, no, the Hiram Lodge defense. <laughs> no, they I are like, simply have to oh. agree with you. <laughs> if I'm so dead, then why am I fucking your mom? <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. is about the size of it. Uh, Betty meets with a social worker about the kids, and apparently there's just no process for custody of children in Riverdale. <laughs> it's like, wild. I'm very confused. Did, so, did the Sisters of Quiet Mercy get shut down, and that's I, why Betty isn't in jail? I would assume. <laughs> because, because the county now knows that there are tons of missing children in Betty's house. <laughs> Uh, so, so like, did they get shut down? Because if they didn't, if Sisters of Quiet Mercy is still up and running, it has guardianship of these kids. If it did get shut down, there has to be some sort of process that isn't be at Betty's house. Yeah, they would, like, realistically, and I know that's a big ask for Riverdale, but realistically, they would probably go into the foster care system, like, immediately. Yeah. Into, like, a group home or something. The social worker says she has some sort of secret about the sisters, so the scene ends and we don't hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah something about show. that church she's we like, actually Wait. we actually do get it later on but of course not right now because that's it's, like a point of tension that can be manufactured it's just mm-hmm. really funny that she's like wait you said the church <laughs> uh 
I think that you'll find that I know a thing or two about the Sisters of Quiet Mercy and this so-called church. So, yeah, Veronica confronts Hiram about Josie getting shaken down, and Hiram's like, yeah, that's because you lied about your profits. Also, Cheryl stole your mom's glamour jay egg. So he's competent in this episode, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna have to just editorialize here a bit. Big, big stupid for Cheryl literally leaving a calling card. See, okay, I thought when we looked at the portrait and she's like, I'm feeling daring or whatever, that she was gonna steal it. Yeah. But no, she fucking leaves red lipstick marks on it she as just... a, like, very obvious calling card. I'm the one who did a crime, rich, also, powerful crime lord. Like, wouldn't that definitely leave her DNA behind? Like, I just, oh god, Probably. Cheryl. Probably. Also, like, he just knows it's her from how stupid it is and the style of it. Yeah. Um. So just big, big stupid going on here. Veronica asks Jughead to get Cheryl to return the egg. Jughead says that the serpents will take less than your dad's cut for security work. So it's gang war time! Doing a gang war is uh, presented as, like, this is a good idea for the kids. It'll be fun and everyone will win and it'll be great. Mm -hmm. Archie has to face the hooded specter of death. Dang, I hate when that happens. (laughs) Hate to have to face the hooded specter of death. He's put in a vision of the day the Black Hood shot Fred and presumably it goes differently this time. Now, blue-lipped Warden Norton is wanting to play some more G&G. And, uh, I mean, I'm probably <laughs> ragingly erect at this point because, yeah. His name is actually pronounced Warden Norton. Warden Norton. <laughs> Warden Norton. Oh, okay. According to Archie. Well, oh, well, Warden Norton. Uh, I will defer to the senator from Kentucky on the pronunciation here. <laughs> it can only be pronounced as though you have a wattle on your neck. This is when I started to really suspect that we were just going to do a series of, like, dream visions for Archie that just... Yeah. Well, I knew that we were going to do that. This is when I started suspecting, oh, fuck, they think that it's profound and meaningful just because it's a dream. And, like, they're not going to actually do anything or say anything with it. It's just going to be him doing things, but not really will be his part in this episode. And, uh, yeah, that is, in fact, what it is. And it's really bad. Betty confronts Sister Woodhouse with the fact that the Sisters of Quiet Mercy have not been sanctioned uh, as an order of nuns for decades after getting in trouble for cruel practices. Attorney McCoy hits Woodhouse with the witness-flipping deal, like, testify against Hiram and we won't clap ya ass cheeks. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. She did not. (laughs) That was not said. I'm pretty sure it was. Um... (laughs) Jughead announces the security job to the serpents who love that shit. However, he calls for Cheryl and Tony to be expelled from the gang because they broke the rules and endangered the gang and did crimes and blah, blah, blah. Cheryl calls out Jughead for being a big old hypocrite since he let Fangs off, who fucking told about it to people because that's a good thing to do. He is historically not very smart at all, so that's in character for him, I feel like. I mean, not being smart is at times in character for any member of the cast. Uh, right. I know, but also, like, Fangs is historically really fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, intentionally. But so. I, I also missed that they brought up Vatican II in the last scene. Oh, they did, it's true. That had like that was when it was decided that the Sisters of Quiet Mercy were no good, I guess. Yeah. It's just it's really weird that like they decided, okay, they were this I don't know if they are a part of like a broader branch of the Catholic Church, 
But if, like, they're just a Riverdale thing, it would be absolutely really fucking weird for them to do this at Vatican II, which was, like, a huge, like, modernizing moment for the Catholic Church. They're like, we gotta revise a bunch of our doctrines, like, look at... What's going on with the modern world? We don't actually have a protocol for how to hide the child porn. Yeah, so like... (laughs) I'm not saying that it made the Catholic Church good, because the Catholic Church is still pretty much fucked. Yes. Uh, But it was their attempt to, like, get with the times. (laughs) And I can see them saying, like... Educational rap was involved. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God, I'm having visions of, of things that I've seen on the internet. From that perspective, I guess, and, like, I'm not super, I'm not, like, well-educated on Vatican II, don't get me wrong, I'm not, like, a uh, Catholic theology scholar or anything. I just, every time you say Vatican II, my my brain fills in electric boogaloo, and I can't, I can't stop. But it just, it seemed really weird that, like, no, they declared this at Vatican II. Um, And also, let's say that that's true, regardless of the fact that, like, it's weird that the Vatican would even take notice of something so local. Mm -hmm. So what happened then? They got disbanded as a member of the church, as like a order in the church, but then they just kept being a charity and wearing habits and calling each other sisters and just doing the same things. Well, yeah, so nothing changed. Also, (laughs) I don't understand how that legally delegitimates their vow of silence. Again, I'm not a legal scholar. Maybe, Maybe because it was specifically you need the backing like, of the Catholic Church to enforce. Well, I don't a think vow a vow of, of silence is like legally anything in the first place. Probably uh, because not because being it's a certain religion like, doesn't like at least not on paper protect you from being in like trouble for fucking right. crimes. Like, isn't that just pleading the fifth? Pretty much, it's yeah. not anything special. That's just like a thing no. that people do all the time. But anyway. It's this plot point is super manufactured. It's obvious they're an order of nuns and they just like decided that they weren't an order of nuns so that they could pretend that they had leverage on them here, even though they know that they fucking it's just for the vow of silence, which is made up bullshit from this very episode. Like they introduced a concept and then they needed to unfuck it. they, They already knew that they were like doing torture on kids and drugs and whatever. Completely unnecessary plot point wrapped up in a stupid way. I'm sorry, did you just mention the entirety of the show? Pretty much. Um, yeah. So anyway, he does kick Fangs out of the gang as well as Cheryl and Tony and gets the Glamour J egg back to give to Veronica. It's really weird because that didn't, that wasn't clearly communicated in that scene. Like, because Cheryl's like, we're keeping our jackets, we're gonna go, and... Jughead's like, fine, you can keep your stupid jackets. Just give me back the Glamour J egg. And they're like, I'm not a serpent anymore. Why would I give you back the Glamour J egg? And he's like, because I believe you still have honor, Cheryl. (laughs) (laughs) That is roughly the delivery. Spot on. Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I guess Um, that gets her. I guess an appeal to honor is enough to break Cheryl. Uh, Meanwhile, at Betty's, the kids are freaking out because one of them saw the Gargoyle King in the woods. Uh, Archie, back in his G&G game, draws a card that says, Kill the Gargoyle King. But Norton says, Look again. And it's Kill the Man in Black. And he says, Kill the Dragon. Who are we killing? All of them. Kill them all. Who's the dragon? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, that's just what Warden Norton says. Yep. They're like, it's a fucking Uh, role-playing game. You gotta kill a dragon. The following vision suggests that Hiram is the Gargoyle King, which of course makes little to no sense. He knifes Hiram, does Archie in the dream, (laughs) 
and then finds the other main characters waiting to play more G&G. He doesn't want to play with them, and a single manly tear rolls down his cheek. I'm sorry, though. There's some one of the funniest fucking things happens in this part where Benny's like have you played your guitar recently have you written any songs recently Archie and Archie like basically looks at the camera and says I haven't played guitar in forever I'm not the same person anymore we really want to sell that for two episodes here at least and it's also just like yeah things are different than when the show started yes worse but it's not like it was an intentional change they've just been trumbling down the stairs (laughs) yes yeah, yeah. trumbling <laughs> like that That's famous tweet like that famous tweet twin peaks walked so riverdale could trumble down the stairs on its face yeah you gotta oh i thought you, you were going to say drywall so you can drink the everclear and uh, the i'll give you a hint twin peaks is the everclear i thought that you were going to say like that famous tweet jason derulo has trumbled down the stairs <laughs> at the <laughs> God, what a time! What yep, a time yep. to be alive! <laughs> anyway, Hiram finds the shattered remains of the Glamour J egg along with a piece of Bonhui stationery that says to fuck off. <laughs> Veronica's a moron. She could have sold that egg. I it, really she, enjoy is... the editorializing that Rob is doing this time around. I can't help it. <laughs> it makes me very happy. This is so fucking dumb. It's extremely fucking dumb. (laughs) She should have sold the egg. She should have sold the egg. I'm Veronica, struggling business owner. I hate money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm very stupid. Because it apparently is worth the GDP of of several developing nations. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, destroyed. Worth the GDP of developing nations... Not protected by any form of security system to prevent horny teenagers from stealing it. Mm -hmm. And then probably fucking near it. Yes. That egg has seen some shit. Anyway, (laughs) Betty visits Fred, Nana Rose, who has apparently saved many children from the Sisters of Quiet Mercy before. It's just a thing you do. I mean, Nana Rose does rule in theory, but that... It's true. That doesn't make any fucking sense. It's a thing you do without then reporting it to any form of authority. Is it not what she did to Penelope? I guess. I mean, I don't know. Is Nana Rose, like, is that Penelope's adoptive mother? Because in that case, that's, like, kind of fucked up. And I I don't know about that. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where where Nana Rose stands in She's a good guy in this scene, so they're just making some shit up, folks. It's fine. That's Uh, true. Don't think about it. She's Uh. a good guy for now. And Attorney McCoy is also there. It is a potluck adoption program. And again, that's, where is... Again, it's how it works. Where, where is the pe- Where is the person who tells them, this is not how this goes? <laughs> All you can eat, children. <laughs> FB wants no. to become more... <laughs> like, I'm sorry. No, FP wants to become more involved in the serpents now that war is a Bruin. Uh, yeah, that's the scene. Put me back put in, me Put me in, coach. Uh, son. Coach, son. <laughs> Soch. Are you con. winning, son? I can help you win, son. <laughs> exactly. Reggie sees the spikes in the woods this time. Gargoyles jump him again, but this time the truck is full less of beer than of serpents with bats. So uh, this they is detain the, the gargoyle who... What? Shit in the world. Because when they open... 
the back of the thing. One of the serpents like leads with their their leg. They kick him in the face, and then one of them screams, "It's an ambush!" And it's like <laughs> you ambushed them. It's a counter ambush, if anything. What are you uh, talking about? It's an ambush. This is uh, your ambush, and you fucked it up. <laughs> They uh, detain the singular gargoyle who doesn't get away uh, fast enough, and they hold him long enough to tell him to go tell Hiram that the serpents are protecting the Bonwe now, and uh, yeah, thus forfeiting a tactical advantage. Uh, you know, like if he didn't know what was happening and why things were not going well for him, that would cause him some level of consternation. But no, like please conveniently tell your boss exactly who his enemy uh, is so that he can come get us. But they also don't uh, unmask him to learn who he is because Jughead is also fucking stupid. I was about to say that. Yeah. Like, you have him there. You unmask him before you have him give you anything. Like, we want to know more about the mysterious gargoyle gang, but apparently not who they are. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Bold of you to assume that Jughead had a plan that made sense. Ugh. Betty comes home to find that the kids are all at the farm now. Edgar Evernever apparently having picked them up off screen a minute ago. Five, oh, actually. Yeah. Oh, it's important. You just you just missed him. <laughs> By like he just, five minutes. Shucks. Yeah. He drove down here in his nineteen thirties buggy and he just loaded all those kids into the paddy wagon. <laughs> he took him took him away in his hot air balloon. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Archie's next quest card says something. He looks at it, and uh, we are meant to think that it's mysterious, I guess. He opens the cabin door to see his own bedroom. He looks at his own sleeping form, and apparently he has to destroy the part of himself that's weak, bad, and stupid, which is uh, very bad, dire news for Archie Andrews. <laughs> my uh, my reaction yeah. to that was, oh, good luck, buddy. <laughs> yeah. You're nope. going to need it. <laughs> Uh, not, there's not going to be much left after that. <laughs> no, uh, old no. rooster top. <laughs> he got to whack himself, and he can't do it. Yeah. Oh, man, that Over Vision dirty. Fred's objections, he pinatifies himself, and the other Archie disappears. It's really funny. Fred's like, y- "You have other options. You don't have to do." He's like, "No, I'm a horrible. I'm a baby. I'm so, I'm so a worm. Little I'm baby. a worm. I'm gonna little step on man. myself. I'm a worm. I'm, I'm a boot, and I'm the worm underneath the boot, and I need to crush the worm in my heel." And Fred's like. <laughs> You could just come home. I love you, son. He's like, I gotta do it, Dad. I gotta and he's be like, a man. Can you calm down for just a second? And then he just fucking destroys himself. Yep. Uh, Veronica sings a song at the Bonwe, so either she's just doing that for fun, or the security thing uh, didn't actually help with Josie's gargoyle problem, or the actress who plays Josie McCoy was busy. Uh, she. <laughs> Uh, fucking Ashley Murray was not there that day. Or we needed Veronica to be performing the song so that she and Reggie can eye fuck the shit out of each other during the song. And sometimes yeah. afterwards, uh, when the place has emptied out, they get all makey outy. That's definitely like yeah. the actual answer. Yeah. Cause she basically just got up on stage to sing. I'm horny Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. That is what she sings. That's the name of the song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm horny, Reggie, parentheses, Reggie, comma, I'm horny, and parentheses. <laughs> what's, the, uh, what's the artist on that one? Oh, um, V-Lodge. Okay, yeah. I was going to say it's maybe a cover of a Prince song, but... <laughs> so, yep, Jughead then asks Fangs to go undercover in the Gargoyle Gang to earn his redemption, basically, like, let, get some insight intel on them because I very publicly kicked you out. Which is a tiny whiff of legitimacy from a tactical standpoint, uh, which means in this show it feels like a fucking masterstroke, because everything else has been so dumb. 
it's um, rough. Attorney McCoy tells Betty that the sisters are all out of jail, having had their bail posted anonymously, which I had to go look up if that's even legally possible to do, and, like, sort of. Uh, <laughs> with a bail bondsman, you can, like, make it a little bit difficult. Uh, but, yeah. Just... Anyway. They left a message in blood in the jail cell. We go to join the... Just normal getting bailed out of jail stuff. All right, cool. You're free to go. Well, give us a second. We need to cut our arms and write so blood funny. on your wall before like, we go. The This episode and the next episode we're going to talk about have a lot of weird fucking jailhouse shenanigans. <laughs> this is up there. Betty goes and like, to the was chapel. Was it one of them or did they all contribute a little bit? I don't know. I have to do a type analysis on that shit. Yeah. Betty goes to the chapel at Sisters of Quiet Mercy, uh, knowing apparently that that's where they were going, finding all the nuns blue-lipped and dead in an attitude of prayer to the big old gargoyle statue, conveniently unable to advance the plot, uh, R.E. Uh, Hiram Lodge. This one really gets me, right? Because they know how Griffins and Gargoyles got started at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, so they know it's a whole fucking sham. So, like, did Hiram just have enough pressure on them to make them act like it was a religious suicide? Is is that the kind of power he's wielding here? I mean, this couldn't have the been whole genuine. show the whole show plays out as though it is genuine anyway, even though it shouldn't be. Because like they they literally have a conversation with like, oh no, this is all bullshit. We do it because the the kids think that it helps them. It keeps them But docile. they also behave exactly as though it's a real cult the whole time. It's so fucking weird. I'm just, I'm confused. It's I'm like in between, confused. in between lines of the same script, they forget who the characters are and what their motivations are. It's, and this it's... one, this one just got me because I'm like, okay, if you want to die for something a 14 year old made up, go off. I feel yeah. like the way they wrote the script was that they just like opened a Google Doc and had all of the writers type in it at the same time. <laughs> it's um, like how so, you hack good from and, NCIS where you have two they, people on the keyboard. So there was a project that was done like a few years ago where like a group of comedians wrote the script for Austin Powers 4, but they did it one page at a time. And so I think that that might have happened. They were just passing it around page by page. Oh, man. Or like, maybe everyone wrote one page. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. insulting each other. Okay, yeah, that's great. Love that. That explains um, this whole episode, actually. I um, just, I like the idea of they have to hit a word count. No one is paying attention to what anyone else is writing. And it, they're just, like, given some bullet points to work with. Forest rangers jump into Archie's cabin. They they spring into action. Oh shit! This kid's dead. Uh, he looks to be dead. Please. He looks Archie, to be quite dead, be dead and is not dead. This is the return of the "I'm guilty" quote from Cheryl back in season one. It's those vibes. Like here is, is a obviously fake ending to an episode. Goodbye mm. and good night. Yeah, they're like shaking him, and his he doesn't even blink. <laughs> His eyes are wide open. <laughs> but he's fine. Folks. His fucking so, like, tongue is sticking out like he's was? a frog. He's just <laughs> stunned. So what do you think that was then? Because like we we know he's not dead. What was he doing? Oh, he was just vibing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I even asked. They came in in the middle of one of Archie's classic vibe sessions. Yeah, yeah. No, me five minutes after a grizzly bear attack. These edibles ain't shit. Me when the forest rangers arrive. Fuck. Oh, God, that's really what it is, huh? Uh-huh. 
uh wowza what an episode thank you for uh-huh. going through that with me folks are we ready to to, to hit some segments here because holy oh, shit God. yeah let's get know. segmental yep <laughs> uh river river dues is what we start with Oof. oh jeez. my poor bottom of the barrel it's so scraped <laughs> yep oh man who wants to kick us off I okay. guess I can go first. Yeah, I don't yeah, yeah Quinn, make it happen. So for yeah, me, yeah, it'll be I'll be last then. Yeah, you'll be last, Rob. I think so. Okay, cool. I, there's a lot of scraping going on here. <laughs> I'm glad that Tony and Cheryl were having fun. I'm glad Tony and Cheryl were having fun doing their burglary thing. Like, good for them. I'm I'm happy for them. Burglary kink, no shaming. Like, okay, have fun, kids. That was gr- that f- good job. That's about the best I could come up with for this one. <laughs> How about I don't. You, th- I think we have to. I think we have to declare here that there is no Riverdue shaming on this episode because oh, it no. sucks shit. Um, oh no! My- <laughs> yeah, this was a rough one. Some of my only notes for this episode do include the phrase "Let's go lesbians." <laughs> it was about the burglary scenes. Yeah, but uh, that was that was not my Riverdue. Um, I think my Riverdue has to be Digba. <laughs> The way, wait, the way not not the reference it. nor the content, no, just the way just he the said way it. Just the way he says it. Dagobah. Because it fucking cracks me up. <laughs> Both times I watched the episode, because uh, I did watch it a couple weeks ago in anticipation of recording a little bit sooner, and so I had to like watch them again. And I just both times it fucking destroyed me. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. unfortunately. So, the answer to how you are supposed to pronounce Dagobah is you go you go on it like you are Foghorn Leghorn. You go Dagobah. <laughs> Not Dagobah. 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 Like, it sounded like he just said the first vowel, and then the rest of it was all consonants. He just swallowed yep. the rest of it. Dagobah. <laughs> that was, uh... Good Riverdale. That was uh, Cole Sprouse swallowing very, that. Very powerful. Ah... Uh, <laughs> it's like the uh fucking prairie home companion we're just doing the live foley here oh yeah. god Whew. That, that's it that's all i got my my weak ass riverdue is just the idea of sending uh, a mole into the gargoyle gang because it's been enough episodes of them being a mysterious threat and no one doing a single thing about it at all. Uh, and I guess, again, it was the fact that it felt like maybe it was an okay-ish plan, which made it stand out very powerfully in this episode where nothing mm-hmm. anyone does makes any sense and is not completely dumb. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, that's my river do, folks. Jesus. Yeah, that brings us to the river don'ts section. Ah, oh, the embarrassment of riches here. <laughs> the thing is, it was all so bad that, like... Can I just say the whole episode? It's hard for one thing to stand out, and I did... I did kind of go... It's like you can't find anything incriminating with a blacklight because it's all cum and blood stains. Exactly. God damn it. Why are so... you like this? <sighs> Quarantine... Feeling my age, knowing I'm going to die one day. The broken promises of a failed nation. Lots of reasons, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, for the lulls. <laughs> so, I picked kind of a wide swath here because it was just so much this episode that was yeah. fucking bad. And 
maybe it's just me. Like, maybe I'm the one who's fucked up here. Because I think that I've basically said this River Don't before. And that's that the whole Uh Le Bon Nuit plot and the Hiram stuff just fucking sucked. It was just boring and not interesting. It's true. It's Nothing about the Bon Nuit has ever been interesting. Why are we spending time here? There's... Because we got that this Veronica nice set, Quinn. But like, you could do better things with Veronica. It just feels like a fucking waste. Yeah. No, it yeah. sucks. Um, my river don't is the weird shit they did with Josie's track. Uh, during that one scene, <laughs> it was just so like wildly disorienting. Ah, uh, um, you have you have sniped me. That's my weekly weird. Oh, actually, was the was the like unbelievably viscerally disjunctive feeling of watching that scene and being like, "What just happened?" <laughs> it's it was really fucking weird. <laughs> it was so goddamn weird. From a production standpoint, like it's just so far outside of the stylistic flourishes of any other episode so far. It's just, it's just, it, it, it's bad. It mm-hmm. feels bad to watch and hear it. It makes no sense. It snaps you out of the story very violently. So I could see it being a river don't yeah. as well. Yeah, I don't know. It, like I said, just very disorienting for me, because like I wasn't paying fully attention because I was like doing other things and trying not to gag while I was watching these episodes. So I didn't like even notice that she was in the room, and I I genuinely thought that they that she was just like reviewing a track that I don't know like I don't know maybe like Josie sent a, re- a recording was like hey is this song fine I don't I don't know that's just uh, where my me, brain went because it sounded so like just so goddamn weird to me the part of it that leans into the weekly weird aspect of it at least as as far as I remember I watched these episodes today. But I could be misremembering this. I swear that Josie's dancing the whole time like she does when the camera's like right on her. Like it looks like she's giving a performance to the camera while she's singing in the background. And it's just like nobody had the heart to tell her that it was camera B. (laughs) And it's just like nobody's there like this. This looks like a practice thing. Are you okay? You don't have to like give it that much sway pizzazz she's a she's a true performer you're gonna she always gonna... gives it 110 percent. arlie i'm just worried she's gonna tucker herself out <laughs> i don't know why that's funny that shouldn't be funny but it is <laughs> i have a runner-up oh, river don't actually before i get to the true river don't the the runner-up and I'm doing this because my true Riverdone is like a very process, like big picture thing. So I wanted to give something specific as well. My runner up Riverdone is the fact that uh, Cheryl and Tony just tell on themselves being burglars for no reason. It's yeah. like, Funny. here is who robbed you. Come prosecute us, please. It's so funny. It's just part of the kink, I guess. They got to get caught, too. Yeah. Um, it's about the danger. But, yep. Uh, so that was runner up. But the real Riverdone. I need to turn the clock back for a second, folks. Oh, okay. Remember the end of last episode when no. Riverdale gets fucking quarantined <laughs> yeah, and the yeah. governor's like, God help us all. Like, <laughs> like remember how that? escalated that all was at the end yeah. of last episode? Uh-huh. My Riverdone is how the fuck did we just go an entire episode without explaining a single thing about what Hiram Lodge's plan is or why the quarantine is or what any of this shit is like we don't know anything about what's going on no from they just having said it's five watched weeks this later. episode it's just five weeks later Rob remember when we went to quarantine and then it was five weeks later it's like that 
<sighs> I'm so mad. <laughs> like as as people who have been living in like an infinite quarantine, it, that's not that's not how time passes. No, it's just it's a well, very like I just it's don't, weird like, that the episode didn't Hiram do anything seem to have advanced his plots. Yeah, yeah. It's just like okay, there was a quarantine and it's over now, and we are in the exact same position that we there were. There was in a before. point where it was so escalated beyond anything previously in the you show. You can't depose me, and you can't get into Riverdale, but it's fine now. Everything is fine. Nothing to yeah, worry about. Yeah, and we about. just we Nothing just were like, oh shit, we don't know how to write a resolution to this, so we'll just time <laughs> skip forward a little bit, like it's fucking Sherlock or something. It was so uh... weird. They just they just said, okay, cool, uh, we're done with that. It was a great end to the episode. Oh man, that was, uh, we were threatening to like set up something cool. Shit, fuck, what do we do? No, I thought that was going to be like a quarantine arc or something. And there was no like, hey, this is what happened to Jughead and uh, FP when they were stopped at the border. Like nothing, nothing like that. It was just like, no. okay, it's, it's it done now. It was very, very bad. And like nobody really talks about what was happening during quarantine. It's just, it's so fucking weird. And I was like, when, when I saw that they made that decision, are they, I was wondering... Did they just decide that they were over the contagious seizures thing? Like, what's happening here? Yeah, and we just get nothing about any of it. It's so goddamn and weird. the status quo is unchanged, except that Fangs is dealing drugs now. And yep. no one can hold hands. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yep. It's an act of rebellion. Yeah, that's my river don't. So let's talk about weekly weirds. Let's do it. You already For know me, mine. Mine, I gotta say it. My favorite part of this fucking episode, my weekly weird... It had to be when Jughead declared that the the crime gang was no longer allowed to do crimes. Yes. <laughs> that is Everyone's astonishing. Like, if if I see anyone doing a crime, you're fucking out forever. And they're like, <laughs> but we're the crime. He's like, forever. So the Rotsy are the cops and the gang is the cops. But the cops are not the cops because there's no sheriff. There's right now. no cops. Is there's the no cops. Everybody, but everyone is the cops. The real cops were all the cops we made along the yeah, way. If you've re if you read Foucault, like I've been asking you to, you'd understand this. <laughs> the real cop was inside you all along. Like this is literally what he was talking about. So yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right. My weekly weird was the whole vow of silence thing. That <laughs> that that whole it didn't make any fucking sense. Just and and it's a conflict that just it's manufactured out of thin air and then solved out of thin air it all just, in one episode and you, going it, nowhere. If you're pleading the fifth, you're pleading the fifth. It has nothing to do with your religion. And even if you weren't part of the Catholic Church, if you're taking a religious vow of silence, it doesn't matter what your religion is. Not only Catholics are allowed to take vows of silence. It doesn't make any sense. No, it's, it, it absolutely makes me so has, angry. It absolutely has the feeling of... They turned in the, the draft of the episode, and they're like, you're like five minutes short on this. Yep. <laughs> and they're like, I guess we're going to make some shit up about Vatican II. What do you mean, Maybelline pulled out of the uh, commercial thing, and we've got, oh, no, we've got like got one fewer ad break or like a short ad break? Ah, oh, fuck. They got to make it work. <laughs> they could just added another song. Seriously. <laughs> they could have just like done camera A for Josie. Just yeah, make that scene an intercut, double the length. 
Yeah, why not? <laughs> but no, instead they decided to go with this thing. It it absolutely felt like fucking woke up the morning of, and they're like, we gotta make something happen here. Here's the thing. Lost Weekend might still be the worst episode of Riverdale, like on a, this is like offensive and horrible character assassination and stuff like that. But like, this one is an exemplar of boring bad. Yeah. In a really powerful way. It's just a bunch of stuff, unconnected, happening, None of it matters. Most of it is completely not entertaining. It's like an anthology, or like they tried to do an anthology, but it just fucking sucked. This is the show that brought us Shoggoth Box. And this <laughs> is what we're watching show? now. This yeah, cannot what happened? be the same it's show. Truly wild. I, I will say, um, we're like in the absolute fucking dregs of yeah. this season. Okay, so well. it there is a light at the end of the tunnel. That is all I will say. Okay. For the time <laughs> like, so, say so. So, so no matter whether they knew it ahead of time or not, they cannot sustain a full season of this show. No, no, not this show that we're watching right now. Absolutely well, not. I did notice that seasons four and five are only 19 episodes long. Oh, thank God. They finally came to their fucking senses. They need uh, to be 13. Came to their senses is a weird thing to say about this show that is now likely to have seven seasons. Yeah, listen, I will take what I can get as far as reasonability from Fair them. Fair enough. I don't Fair even enough. know if that's a word. I don't care. It's a small victory. We got them to scale back like a little bit. Like a little. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Biden is president. Yeah. <laughs> Just not the guy before him. Like, it's still very bad. Yeah. But it's, like, a uh, little less bad. M4A? No, just not that other guy. Yeah. Today, he's just walking shit back. He's just walking shit back. Oh, God. The fucking ice oh, yeah. stuff no, it's, today it's, it's got been me a, pissed it's, the fuck it's off. It's been a broken promise-a-thon the last couple days. It's been I awesome. I feel like he's just, like, been told about the teenagers making fun of him, and he's like, well, fine, I'll show you how it feels. Or, uh, he, was, he was warned that it was possible that his successor might win the election. No stimmy like, oh, then. shit. Can't have that. Jesus uh. Christ, can you imagine? Uh, anyway... <laughs> That's this has been our uh, Riverdale politics corner because the episode isn't like good enough to hold our attention during our call. It's it was oh, a real God. real rough one. This this was just a shoddy shoddy one. Uh, this so episode boring. is dedicated to the heroic mound of dirt that now contains Rush Limbaugh's corpse. <laughs> oh man! May Rusty. you never be disturbed by his return. Oh, I thought you were going to say, may the grave never be disturbed by piss. And I was like, Rob, I don't even know you. No, no. Water water that shit. That's where the, that's how you make the freedom tree grow. <laughs> Just remember, everyone, every conservative's grave is a gender-neutral bathroom if you try mm-hmm. hard enough. That's right. <laughs> we we don't condone any, any uh, untoward actions on this show. No. no we, certainly not. We don't think that would be cool <laughs> or funny and awesome or entertaining. and really really funny <laughs> certainly not no Whoa. very inappropriate we the serpents are telling you you are not allowed <laughs> to do any crimes uh no just uh just pee on uh ronald reagan's grave instead if you really have a problem with it sorry uh, that's my other favorite gender neutral bathroom anyways this is not what this show is about <laughs> I'm so sorry. We will see you next time, folks, for chapter 45, The Stranger. And if you're interested in more of Arlie's hot takes, please tune in to their other podcast, Places to Piss. (laughs) (laughs) I was so like, 
I, th- I thought you were gonna like. Were you briefly concerned that you had another podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Rob, did you do your weekly weird? Yeah, yeah, you sniped it. It's the Josie okay, weird audio I, mix. I wasn't sure thing. you were gonna like say something else. Okay, I. No, I'm I, like, present. Look, I don't have memories of the episode outside of my notes, despite watching it yesterday. Uh, Dude, I watched it today. I, I watched it today on fucking both these episodes and it sucks because i watched like the first eight minutes of the second episode while i was eating lunch so i didn't take any notes um so like my first notes are why did they change archie's hair and jughead's got a puckered burger (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to it we'll get to it folks we'll see you next time bye-bye (laughs) bye-bye